rising on an emerging generation of kings. All right, let's go into our text. Matthew 14, this is the last message in this series on first things first. So we've dealt with God first, pray first, say first, worship first, give first, and now take action. We did with be bold and then take action. Beautiful. The word says Matthew 14, 22-33. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him. Picture it. He stayed back, the one before him to the other side. While he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, so he prayed till night. When evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea. Not only was it in the middle of the sea, what was happening to it? Okay, no problem. Let's read it together. So that's why I like reading together because your mind can drift or you can feel like I'm doing the work for you. Do you know what a congregation is? A coming together. That's what a congregation is. That's why we sing together. We pray together. It doesn't mean you can't do it um, by yourself. But once it's congregation, it means we're congregating. That means we're aggregating concurrently. That's what it is. You're aggregating concurrently. Concurrent aggregation, that's together. So let's read together. Matthew 14, 22 to 33, we go. Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea. What was happening? Tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, continue. On the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are. This one, I'm not going to be teaching. There will be some teaching in it, but I want to preach this morning. I want to proclaim clearly and loudly to somebody. So this is not the morning to be stuck on your phone and your notepad. This is the morning for your heart to be open and your spirit to be receptive. Why? Because some impartation will happen. I just want to start off by saying to somebody, it is your year to walk on water. Amen. 
when we said you are spreading, one of the things you are spreading into is that you are spreading onto water. You are spreading overseas. You are spreading overseas. You are spreading abroad. You are spreading to the right. You are spreading to the left. You are spreading in front and behind. There was going to be a sprawling, palatial, expansive manifestation of God's glory upon your life. You are not going to be of the lot of people that will keep waiting in the wings and that will keep getting stuck behind you. You will spread beyond what you have been to, where you have been to, in the name of Jesus. You are not sinking. You are soaring. You are not failing. You are flying. You are not falling. You are flying high. If it's you, shout, I am spreading. Spreading. High five somebody say, take action. I didn't just say, say, please say it and high five them. Take action. Lord, I take authority over the atmosphere today. I break every spirit of paralysis, every spirit of fear, every spirit of indolence, every spirit of laziness, laxity, the weakness that comes from disappointment, from fear, from, from doubts, from uncertainty, from the feelings of insecurity and insufficiency. I break in the name of Jesus and I proclaim that the spirit of love, power, and of a sound mind explodes in this house in the name of Jesus. Father, I proclaim concerning this atmosphere that hope and joy and love and increase will be the material manifestation in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Spirit of the Most High God. We honor you, our King. I pray particularly for the person who has been anxious. You are free from anxiety. In Jesus' name we have prayed. We're going to start off by talking about the fact that this story, many of us are familiar with it, but many times when we read Bible stories, a lot of us don't see ourselves in it. We think it's just a historical account of an experience that somebody had with Jesus. And we don't actually see it as our lives, as a picture of our lives. Let me encourage you, anytime you read the Bible, you want to look for three things inside the Bible. Number one, where is Jesus in the text? The first thing you must look for in the Bible is where is Jesus inside this text? Everything written, every scripture written is about Jesus. In him all things consist. The Bible says is the fullness of the Godhead bodily and we are complete in him. We are complete in him. He's the first and he's the alpha. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the first and he's the last. Every scripture is about Jesus. Whether you're talking about Noah's ark, he's the ark in Noah's ark. He's the fire in the burning bush. He's the way in the Red Sea. He's the way in the wilderness. He's the grace that was unleashed upon Samson. Now you're here now. Every scripture is about Jesus. If you're thinking about David and Goliath, he's our David who brings down the Goliath of sin, self, and Satan. He is the first and the last. Every text is about Jesus. If you're looking at the miracle of turning water to wine, that is about Jesus who replaces the boring and the mundane things of life with the wine of a spirit, the wine of joy, and who brings newness into your life. So it's not just for you to read 
a historical document or have a sense that, oh, well, I've done my Bible reading for the day. No. When you read the Bible, you have seen Jesus. You are seeing Jesus. It does not mean that Jesus is missing. It means you're paying attention. It's almost like your old friend or your old cousin who traveled to Canada 18 months ago and you are missing the person. Not because the person is dead, but because the person is not in close proximity or in full view. And that's why you do your FaceTime. So every Bible study is FaceTime with God. Oh, wow, 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 wow. Oh, when they say, what are you doing now? Say, I'm FaceTiming God. <laughs> Every time in the word of God is God sending you a message so you can know what's up. Is somebody here now? That's exactly what it is. It is communion with God, koinonia with God, messaging with God. Do you know WhatsApp, Blackberry? We call we call it I am. That technology is called I am. What's I am? Instant messaging. It means as it drops, you are alerted. This is the way to be alert in the spirit that you receive instant messages from God. That's why whenever you are dull or you're drive and there's drudgery, it's because you've not been studying your Bible. Have you noticed that some of your worst decisions are made when you are away from God. When there's distance between your regular communion, daily fellowship and God. Look at your neighbor say check your WhatsApp with God. Check your WhatsApp with God. Say when your phone is ringing, don't put God's call on hold. Don't bar God's call. Stop cutting God's call. When God uh, come on now, tell that person And for some of you, you're always waiting for God to call. How many of you have that friend who never calls you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many of you are that friend who never calls? <laughs> Right. You never call, right? So, so, so you see, many of us, we're always, always waiting for God to call us. Always, 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 always. But in our text, we, we're going to find something very interesting. Did you notice that it did not start with Jesus saying, uh -huh. Now that I'm walking on water, how many of you would like to walk on water? Yes, daddy, yes, daddy, go, Jesus, go, Jesus. We, your children, want to walk on water. Me first. Me first. Right? So there are times where it is not God calling, but in your heart you want that yearning. You want that fellowship, that communion. When was the last time you said, God, I want you're not telling me to fast, but I'm skipping breakfast for the next three days? Some people don't used to hear that one. The one they used to hear is that man, that fine man there is like your husband. That's one they used to hear. Look at your neighbor and say, Is it talking about you now? For other people, they never used to hear God saying, go and sow into Pastor Vicky's life. The only one they hear is, I feel like God wants to use Ken to bless me. <laughs> Glory is like, he has already used him to bless me. Here's my blessing. And maybe let him be your lesson. <laughs> Are you seeing that now? So see yourself, see Jesus in the text. The second thing you want to see is see yourself in the text. See yourself in the text. Don't see Noah, don't see Moses, don't see Abraham, don't see Paul. After you've seen them, see them as symbols of children of God. In other words, they are representative of what God would have you do. So if you see Abraham carrying his son to the mountain, see yourself carrying... Your son. He said, but I don't have a son. You have something that is as precious to you as the son was to Abraham. 
It's, it's only Abraham that can do that to me. I'm not Abraham. <laughs> right? If you see God saying, no, I build an ark, see yourself in the text. And number three is, see what God wants you to do. In other words, your response. So your Bible study is not complete without those three things. If you ever read the Bible or study the Bible or pay attention to devotion and you don't see Jesus, you don't see yourself and you don't see the required response, you have only read a historical text. You haven't done a call to action. This is very important because in our text, we see Jesus. In our text, we see Peter. And in our text, we see what is required, what needs to be done. It's important for us to realize that every one of us at some point or the other, you will find yourself in a boat. What is a boat? A boat is a structure. A boat is a system. A boat is a methodology of conveyance. A boat is something that is equipped to carry you from one place to another. And in the text, Jesus already did the miracle. What was the miracle? The miracle of multiplying loaves of bread and fish where there were thousands of people that were hungry. And then Jesus said, what do you have? And then after that, uh, they said, we have five loaves of bread and two fish. He multiplies it. 5,000 people are fed. It is miraculous. How many of you know that the tip thing that modern day believer will do is go online and share that testimony and say guys you will not believe what happened today in service miracle no day Jesus. hashtag bled is bread is plenty Okbo, okbo, okbo. KPK. They'll put the picture of bread and fish. In fact, Jesus would have started a new church that day. Bread and fish assemblies. Buffer. That's what many of us do. Many of us, we glamorize and idolize the miracles of God in our lives. And then we forget to give glory to the person who did the miracle. What Jesus did in the text, he said, guys, go over to the other side. Let me go and spend time with the one for whom the miracle was done. Give us our text, though. People need to be reading the Bible. The word says that he went to a mountain top. Send them away, give us the mountain top. He went to a mountain top to pray. You would have imagined what are you praying about? Many of us, the reason we pray is so that God can move. Now, when we've seen the move of God, we do not pray. The purpose of prayer is not the miraculous. Miracles are the byproducts of prayer. The purpose of prayer is communion, miracle, whether they are miracles or not. Oh wow. Am I speaking to kings or am I speaking to 90 and 80 year olds? Because some of you look like you're just analyzing. Stand up right now and go to 700 people and tell them, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Some of you are saying, See, look at this. It says, when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain himself to pray. And there are many of us that don't pray except there is company. Oh, wow. See, if I'm preaching and I'm saying, I'm hitting you, if you can't say amen, just say ouch. Or say yeah. Or say mmm. Many of us, when it's corporate prayer, we are, in fact, some of us, when it's time to lead prayer, our voice is the loudest. We're praying with energy. But when we're not the ones leading prayer, we'll be looking at our phones. Mm -hmm. 
Some of us will pray when there's corporate prayer meeting or when there's an opportunity to impress that girl who likes us. But the Bible says that he sent them all away and he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was alone in that place. So the purpose of prayer is not for God to show himself. The purpose of prayer is also for less of myself to show. It's not just for God to manifest and do great things. It's God let my flesh die. Whilst everybody is healing me as Jesus the superstar, Jesus the bread multiplier, Jesus the fresh, the, the fish giver, Jesus the guy who has turned everything upside down. He went himself to pray. When God moves massively in your life, that's not the time for you to be showing yourself all the time. That's the time for you to go and hide yourself in the place of prayer. Because yourself is too weak to preserve yourself. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So some of you had your greatest failure after you had your greatest successes. Because you were too excited about yourself to hide yourself. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. 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 Is somebody receiving something? Are, are you cold? Because why? Why I'm folding? I like people taking notes when I'm speaking or responding. If you're not taking notes, be be talking. I'm not an entertainer. Like I'm not a viewing center. <laughs> Do you understand? So if, if you're just looking, I'm wondering what's going on inside. Because when you're watching your favorite match or your favorite movie, you're not just looking. You're either eating popcorn or you're talking, you're analyzing, right? So so when the word of God is coming forth, you need to be engaged, right? <laughs> when you're 95, you are permitted to do this. But you're 20 or 30 something, right? Your energy must be alive and well. Amen? Amen. Take notes or shouts. <laughs> and God. Use your voice whilst you still have it. I hope you know that one day you're going to close your eyes and never open them. The prayer is that you're 95 when it happens. But some of you know cousins that it happened to as teenagers at 20 something. So when people are alive and they are not alive, I get concerned though. Seriously, it's like, do you know what life is? The life is a privilege. Then you're mising it. Why are you mising life that you have? Come on, somebody express joy in this place. If you're watching online, come on, somebody drop an emoji, drop a comment. Express joy. Express life. And let me tell you, if you have a problem with this, then there's a big problem. Because people get drunk and they shout as if they are joyful. People sleep with people they are not married to and they shout, it becomes a boss point in a WhatsApp group. But you have the living word. You have the eternal word. You have what the whole world is looking for. You have fellowship. You have a spiritual family. You have people that love you, that care for you, that look out for you. And you are 
be seated for now. But keep that energy up. And when the word is coming, respond to the word, either by capturing it or praying. Sometimes when you listen to a message, the response is you be praying. Or you say, I receive it. Or you take notes. Never be passive in the presence of an active word. Said that the word of God is living and active, and you are passive. How can? Why? There must be a response. Look at the ultimate saints. When Ezekiel saw the revelation of Jesus, he or the revelation of, of God, he fell on his face, said there was no spirit in me. Moses, he removed his shoes, said this holy ground. David said, I won't give God that which cost me nothing. Are you here? The word requires a response. And there was no response. This is part of what I'm doing here is called training. This is not teaching. This is training. The people that disgrace people in the world, they are not the people that have not been taught. They're people that have not been trained. That's why when somebody misbehaves outside, they don't say you lack home teaching. Say you lack what? Home training. Because training is designed to elicit a response or a kind of behavior. Teaching gives you information. Training gives you skillfulness and responsibility. He didn't say teach a child. He said train up a child. How many of you have ever traveled by teach before? You don't travel by teach, you travel by train. He wants to clap, but he's hiding his clap. This is training. <laughs> do, do you understand what I'm saying? Right? And in training, it can get messy before you get it right. So when you see a lot of things online, people are not, they lack training. So they have information, but the way they deliver it shows that there's no training. Training is what helps you maximize the teaching. See, I'm still waiting for the people to respond to, to respond to the home training. <laughs> and by the way, you know, if people lack home training, they misbehave outside. If you can't shout on a revelation in the Garden of Believers, you will struggle to find your voice when the temptation or opposition comes outside. Because you've not trained yourself. Are we here? Mainland, can you shout like you have home training? Can you respond like you have home training? Can you holler? Hide yourself when you've seen the hand of God. When you've seen the moves of God, when the breakthrough has happened, that's not the time to tell every Tom, Dick, and Harry what has happened. That's the time to go and say, God, wow, see what you've done. And then find out who he wants you to tell. Oh, come on now. Because the reason some of you, your miracles, your testimonies did not mature was that you exposed the first part of it too early. When I say exposed, there are people that must always know when stuff has happened in your life. Your pastors must always know. Great stuff. Somebody prayed or prophesied or said something. They must always know. Come on. Your direct leader must always know. But every other person is on a need to know basis. Especially when it's something exceptional. Are we here? Yes, sir. He hides himself and then he said, guys, go over to the other side. And they were in a boat. A boat is a structure. A boat is a vessel. A boat is an instrument that was supposed to transport them from one place to another. But all of us get comfortable in our boats. 
All of us get comfortable in that community that has given us a sense of comfort. There's some of you who found friends in secondary school because no other person liked you and that was the only person that liked you and you became very used to that person that liked you and whenever it was that there was an opportunity to interface with other people, you, never, you never did that. You formed a clique and that clique has grown with you into adulthood so that when you see people that you should gravitate towards, you are too intimidated by how well they are doing because you are staying in a boat you entered into at the age of 16 in secondary school and now that you're 26, you're still in that boot. Oh, can I talk right now? Some of you, the reason you have not applied for jobs in the corporate sector is that somewhere in your mind, it's not because you believe there are no jobs, it's because you believe you're not good enough for them. Some of you, the reason you don't evangelize, let me come to this one, is not because you don't know that Jesus saves. It's because you feel that you have some areas of immorality in your life that when you say, do you know God loves you, something you might say, shut up there. God loves you, kill you there. You're in a boat of a sense of insecurity or insufficiency. Oh, can I talk right now? Some of you, the reason you want to make friends is that the friends you really want to make or you believe you should make, they are younger than you. And in your mind, you're like, how can I be friends with Gen Z? Right? When I'm an ancient of these. <laughs> I am the that. So why? Because you're intimidated that if you roll with that circle, they might use some terms that you're not familiar with. They might be exposed to the digital world in a way that you're not familiar with it. Some of you, the reason you don't post online is that the story of your past is still decorating and coloring the gifts and the solutions you have to offer. So you stop yourself even before the devil has a chance to. Ooh, can I talk now? And so you keep hiding and hiding and hiding in a boat. Look at your neighbor and say, what boat are you in? For some of you, the reason you look straight, you never smile. Oh, yes, one. It's because somewhere in your primary school, somebody says, ah, look at your teeth. Why are your teeth so brown? And so every time you want to smile, <laughs> or when you're laughing, <laughs> open your mouth sometimes when you're laughing. Or maybe sometimes you are laughing and there's ah, something that smells like gutter. Oh, it's your mouth. And that thing has stuck with you. You're in a boat. And so when you don't laugh, you say, I'm just reserved. You're just bottled up in a boat. Look at your neighbor, say, what boat are you bottled up in? What boat are you bottled up in? <laughs> what boat are you bottled up in a boat? For some people, by the way, we need to make this announcement, please. Don't bring old Nara notes next week Sunday, except, except the extended deadline, right? But simple, the reason you never, ever, you never, ever, ever want to give via transfer is that you don't want anybody to have any idea of what you are giving. So, so if they, they know that I give out online transfer, ah, they will now know how much I give. Let me just give cash so nobody will knows what I'm giving. You have all the stories in your head. Oh, can I talk right now? Am I talking? 
Star, if if they give online, they'll know whether I do percentage given or not. And if I do percentage given, they will calculate to know how much I'm actually getting. Or if I share the testimony about how God blessed me with X, Y, Z millions of naira, and I don't give ten percent of it, they will think I am a traitor. So let me not give. Look at anybody say I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you, yo. Boats. Some people are in a boat. And if that person is here, don't. I I don't know who you are online land. But there's people that are in boats. You're single, but you don't want anybody to know. So you wear three or four fashion rings. (laughs) Come on now. Let it out, (laughs) Marv. Go for it, Marv. Release it. That's... Ashata. You don't want anybody to know. Let me just wear all the rings. Figure out which one is which. Which is which. So I've been bejeweled by God. In the boat. In the boat. Oh, can I talk now? I'm not saying don't wear multiple rings, though. Please wear. But don't have PhD in ring wearing without BSC marriage. But some of us, the reason we don't take responsibility as leaders or prayer coordinators or master life, this or that, is that you are in a boat, you were raised in a place where everybody always made you feel small. So now that you've actually grown your skills, your competences, your abilities and capacities, you still think as if you are that small child that they always told, shut up, who told you to speak? Why are you speaking? Keep quiet. Now that thing has grown with you. Even though you've grown your ability, your capacity, your confidence, your elocution, your capacities to uh, communicate, you still feel subdued and subjected. So there's actually a little girl you are carrying around with you that reminds you you're not good enough, you're not strong enough, you're not big enough, you're not the kind of person they're looking for. You're in a boat, but I came to preach somebody out of their boat this morning. I was sent not just as a preacher or a teacher, but sent as a deliverer this morning that no matter the boat you have been in, you are stepping out in the name of Jesus. You will step out of that boat in the name of Jesus. Please help me look at somebody and give them a burning high five and tell them to step out of the boat. Some of us are in the boat of words because somebody said you. Do you think people like you make it in life? They put you in a boat. And in as much as you know who you are, the echoes of their words keep playing in your mind. So every time there's a big opportunity, you just hear, you know how they do flashback in movies. The reason they do it in movies is because that's the way the mind works. That's why you can watch a movie for three hours and then you struggle to read your Bible for 10 minutes. Do you know why? Because you're not seeing the Bible as an immersive experience. If you start to read your Bible for a long time, you're reading text. You're not engaging life. If you're engaging life, life plays out like a movie. And you get lost in the movie. That's why you can binge watch Netflix for three hours and you're not bored. Because you're in a movie. The original movie is the picture God has for your life. Immerse yourself in it. A boat. Many people are in boats. And the boat is comfortable. I don't know if it happened to you, but it happened to me a number of times in school, particularly university, where 
All of a sudden, it's be like, we're supposed to submit that assignment today. We're supposed to submit that assignment today. Everybody's campering. And then discover that you're not the only one. All of a sudden, you feel sort of comfortable. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm not the only one. <laughs> so in your mind, last, last. See that they were extended. Or we all failed together. <laughs> Some people are not saying yes because they were the snitches inside the class. They would have done the assignment the date was given. Then when everybody's camping, they'll go somewhere else. And sometimes, everybody will be praying and hoping that the teacher will not remember. That person will be like, sir, one more thing, I have a question. How about our assignment? Alakova. Those are the good students, by the way. But that's what happens in life. Almost everybody feels comfortable when we're all lagging behind together. So the more, the merrier it is. And this is the reason why, was, why small thinking is an enemy of destiny. Because small thinking feels comfortable with small people. And small people make it more difficult to take big steps. Because small people cause big problems. Oh, come on now. Yo, talk to me now. No, of course, you're in my company. You're not small. You're big. Big, big, big. B-I-G, blessed in God, big in God, broad in God, built in God, bright in God, brighten in God, brilliant. But have you noticed, even in business, who are those who cause the biggest problems? Small paying clients. True, 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 let's try a few. The big clients will transfer five million to your account and not monitor it. You will be the one that says, sir, what should you want me to do with the money? But the person that managed to pay 5K. <laughs> uh-huh. I have not seen the ebook. I have not seen the ebook. Hope you are not a scam. Uh, you have not uh, you have not sent me the login now. I've been waiting for the delivery man. I've not seen the delivery man. No, I've not seen. Oh, God, calm down. You and your bike, we can buy you. <laughs> In a manner of speaking, I mean no disrespect. We all, all have to grow right. But this is the reason why before you have big things, God gives you a big mind. He gives you a big dream. Don't discount the big dream because you have small resources. The big dream will attract resources. You know that whole thing about the vortex where it has the ability to suck things in. Right? It's like a device, an engineering device that can suck things in. God gives you, pardon? A vacuum or a vacuum cleaner. Like a vacuum cleaner as well, it works with that technology. It just sucks it in. God gives you a big vision or a big picture or a big dream to suck in all the resources, opportunities, relationships you need. But if God gives you that big thing and you're disqualified, you have also said, I am not ready to accommodate everything you're willing to attract into my life. So they were all in the boat. As long as they were in the boat, they were there. And guess what God did? A storm arose. It is not a bad thing when a storm arises on your little-minded boats. Uh, Someone is going like, oh, but God, I'm already small. Things are already small. Why is there a storm? God wants to disgrace your storm. That's why. You are already earning 30,000 naira. Why is there disagreement on the job? God is about to recalibrate you. That's why. 
God has a way of preparing you for the shakeup that is about to come. Have you noticed that sometimes before the big thing comes into your life, big trouble shows up first? What's God doing? God is prepping you. It's like you going to the doctor and it's going to give you a jab. But before he gives you the jab, he's going to take that cotton wool and he's going to put in some mentholated spirits, some solvent, and then begin to rub you. He's prepping you. He's prepping you because the storm has come to announce that there is something great on your way. There is a something great on your way. Something you have not seen, you have not experienced before. There was a boat in the middle of the storm. And in the middle of the storm, the Bible says, or rather in the middle of the sea, in the middle of the sea, the storm arose. Why did the storm not arise at the beginning of the sea? Should I tell you why? If the storm arose at the beginning of the sea, they will go back. This is just, I'm not doing it again. If it was at the end of the sea, they'd be like, oh, we're almost there. God allows your storms in the middle so that he can show you that he's not just Alpha and Omega. It's B, C, D, E, F, G. God is not just at the beginning of your journey or the end of your journey. He's in the middle of your journey. He's in the middle of the shame. He's in the middle of the reproach. He's in the middle of the loss. He's in the middle of the delay. He's in the middle of the disappointment. He's in the middle of the heartbreak, the shaggy, the everybody traveling and leaving you by yourself. I am not just the God of the first and the last. I'm the God of the second and the the middle oh my word high five somebody and say God is in the middle say God is in the middle of my storm is in the middle of the pain is in the middle of the delay is in the middle of the disappointment he is not always the reason for it but he always brings reason out of it Oh, somebody, at least somebody got that. He's not always the reason for it, but he always brings out a reason in the midst of it. And whilst they were there, it's good to see you, man. Whilst they were there, how's your brother? Whilst they were there on the high sea, Jesus began to walk to them. Do you know that many times in life, when there's a storm in your life, many people start walking away from you? Many people actually, what they do online these days is they act as if they don't know. Oh, come on now. They act as if they don't know when you succeed. And they also act as if they don't know when you're struggling. But sometimes when you're struggling, they might just be like, hey, yeah, sympathy. Jesus does not just love you from a distance. He loves you in your storm. He identifies with your storm. He doesn't go, well, it's your storm. Take care of it. He goes, he's your storm. I'll take care of you. Oh, come on now. He says, I'll take care of you. I'll take care of you. He begins to walk on the water. Now, what is a storm? There's a difference between the sea and the storm. The sea is the body of water that was carrying the boat. The storm is when contrary wind activates or agitates the sea and begins to cause the sea to work against those who are on it. So Jesus walking on water, I mean, how many of you know that Jesus could have just spoken to the storm like he did another time? Peace but still. Sometimes God doesn't speak to your storm. He steps on it. Oh, wow. He could have spoken. But this time, he's saying, I'm taking your storm to school. Oh. 
your storm has been dragging on and on, but I'm about to drag your storm. I'm about to show your storm. You can't touch my baby. You can't. You can't touch my daughter. You can't. You can't touch my son. You can't. You can't touch this. I'm about. Are you alright? Are you alright? You've been sitting the Lord. Uh, you can't touch. You can't touch. You can't touch what belongs to me. Are you here? He could have spoken to it, but God said, "I am the Word. I'm releasing myself, not just my spoken words over this. I will ride on your storm." In 2023, some storms will rise, but you will ride on the storm. The suffers know that. You know the suffers, S-U-R-F-E-R-S, that they ride on waves. The things that may overwhelm other people, they will lift you up. They will elevate you. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Wherever the Naira falls, he will keep falling into your account. Wherever the opportunities roll, somehow they'll recalibrate themselves to you. You will walk in the fullness of God. Sunday, are you doing good today? High five yourself say I walk on water Jesus took the storm to school how many remember in school there was theory and there was practical and in theory they just speak words but in practical you demonstrate Matthew 14 was one of the demonstration practical classes in the Bible Jesus is saying I'm not just going to tell you and when you walk through the water they will not overflow you say let me demonstrate it and I'm praying that your walk with God will move from theory to practical. Oh, barata shibaya. Bariga dovere siatash. Zuveriga dobra. Sinako. Rata kabato. Ligato siatatate. Loti da krubeliza dinako vratisha. Rata kabaya. Zigresu vrekila tobriatanakatash. You will just say, I know a God who does. You will say, God did this for me. God did this in me. God did this through me. You will say, I was in the boat and I ministered to the guy and words of knowledge there flew in. I was on the boat and the guy was a Muslim as I began to speak, he gave his life to Jesus. I walked on the street and somebody started crying as I walked past them. Do you know the reason some of these things don't happen is that our minds are not positioned for them. Because the things that your mind is set on, somehow you found a way to do. Isn't that so? They were in a boat and the storm arose. Why was Jesus walking on the storm? What caused walking on the sea? What caused the storm was the wind. The wind coming now that blew on the sea and activated, agitated the sea to work against the boat. So it was wind. Oh, now. Please give us John chapter 3 and verse 8 on the screen, media. John chapter 3 and verse 8. Who navila basia kapatush? Brigida dovradis. Belinta kovrina kapaikata. Zushi gadina keba yantazina kavalas. Did they hear me? No, there's a lag. John 3 verse 8. Beruz makli zundo brashina katayas. The wind, somebody read it. 
I just like you guys saying it so that you remember. The wind blows wherever it wishes and you hear the sound of it. It says you can't tell where it's coming from and where it's going. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. The natural wind was causing a natural storm. Jesus came as a spiritual wind. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh. The natural wind was agitating the sea. Jesus is born of the Spirit, born of God. And he that is born of the Spirit, born of God, is like the wind. So when he walks on the water, he was a wind blowing the other wind away. Oh, God is about to storm your storm. You are about to storm your storm. You are not afraid of the storm. You are a storm against the storm. Ah, in other words, you are about to have a blast. Don't be slow this morning. I said you are about to have a blast. You should never be intimidated by any contrary wind because you are a wind in the spirit. You are going to wound that wind. You are going to drown that defeat. You are going to destroy that opposition. You are going to overcome it. All you need to do is to be like Jesus. He said the wind blows wherever it listed. No man knows where it's coming from. They didn't know where Jesus was coming from. How do I know? If you are a navigator by sea, you know that there is no way you are traveling from this place to that place and travel on a straight line. Because anytime you're moving in fluid, either air or water, you have to correct for drift. Are you getting it? How did Jesus know where they were going without the compass? Because the compass was in him. Your compass through life is in the word. Your navigational intelligence is in the word. When it says turn left, turn left. When it says turn right, turn right. As a matter of fact, when you understand this navigational device, it's called GB, GPS. It's not just the global positioning system. It's the God positioning system. And when you put the coordinates in the GPS, it might say in 200 miles, turn right. In 200 meters, turn left. Straight ahead, traffic. When you are studying your Bible, you will know when there will be traffic in March. And you either know whether God still wants to go through the traffic or whether have you ever put something in Google Maps and Google Maps didn't know that they had blocked the roads? Well, in God is good maps. He knows where the road is blocked. He knows why that person is not your husband or your wife. He has seen the future and he has said, no, it can work, but I don't want it to suffer this much for it to work. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God knows where you are and the storm is about to see the storm you are bringing. You are storming your world for good. Jesus stepped on it. They think it's a spirit. And they're right. Because human beings, human beings were not designed to walk on water. What's a human being? Humus being. What's humus? A kind of soil. When you take soil and you put it inside water, it doesn't float. It sinks. 
So the person who lives out of the human nature, you can float. You sink. You make money, but you still sink. You marry a fine wife, but you still sink. You have six children, but you still sink. So what can water not drown? What can water not drown? Wind floats on water. Now wind I be. I know if it sink. Oh, where are my wind believers? Where are those who are about to blow things? Where are my activators? Where are those who are about to blow dust? So it's not only dust mode activated, it's wind mode activated. Not only will you spread as dust, not only will you spread as dust, you will help other dust spread. Water doesn't sink wind. So whenever you are sinking in life, ask yourself, am I moving as human or am I moving as spirit? Because of spirits that can walk on water. Oh my word. Some of you are spirits this year. You will enter into Buckingham Palace. Enter into Rock. Enter into Mega Studios. Some of you, the way the palace God is taking you to is the palace of fallen kings. In other words, area boys, agbarus, addicts. It's a palace. I hope you know it's a palace. But the Bible says that until the spirit is poured on high, then the dry places will become a fruitful field. And the fruitful field will become a forest. So for some of you, it's not those pastors. You are going to go and raise those people like that guy in House and Rock. You raise, as in the, the pastor, the addict guy or the smoker guy that became a pastor. Right? Yes, the way he has grown. Some of you, that's the people you are sent to. These are the people you are sent to. He was walking in the water. They said it's the spirit that we're afraid. You know why? Many of us are afraid of spiritual things. You're afraid that if I spend one hour praying in the morning, I will lose my day. Sometimes the way to find your day is to lose it first hour in the morning. Because you look at your life for the last three, four, five years, you're always in a hurry, hurry, hurry. But what have you achieved? Maybe it's time to pause and say, I'm no longer moving as human. I'm moving as spirit. I'm no longer moving as humus. I'm moving as wind. Are you here, somebody? And look at this. Jesus begins to walk on water. And Peter said, he said, they said it's a spirit, it's a ghost. Jesus said, it's I don't be afraid. And Peter said, if it is you, tell me to come. Because I know your voice. Ayaka. In other words, don't get carried away by what looks like it. Get carried by what it is. There's a big difference. Why? Because the Bible says even the devil can appear as an agent of life. In other words, you are more easily deceived through the visual senses. But as a believer, the mark of authentic followership or sheep is hearing. It's easier for people to make up somebody's face to make them look like somebody else than for them to distort their voice to make them sound like somebody else. Are you getting it? He said, my sheep hear my voice. And the voice of a stranger, 
they will not follow. If it's you, tell me to come. Give me a word. Please don't take on big projects this year without getting the word from God. Some of you, the words have already come before the projects spread. Media gets me there. The word has already come for some things. But there might be some particular things that you're like, God, I need to hear you clearly on this. I said, come. Do you know the Bible says that Jesus had prayed all night right on the mountaintop and then he began to walk on water. Then Jesus said, come. How many of you know that for most of us and for many styles of leadership in Africa, if somebody subordinate to you says, I want to walk on water like you walked on water, you know they'll be like, ah, what's wrong with this one? When do you start? Have you preached before? Are you not a small boy? Did you pray all night? You don't know that this anointing is for those that pray all night. Are you following this? Jesus does not say that. Why in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 16, it said because of those he that sanctifies and of them that are being sanctified, they are of one. Media really needs to preach with me. Said that they have one and is not ashamed to call them brethren. In other words, Jesus is not ashamed to say, Jade is like me. So what I do, I want it to do. Many people don't want you to have exactly what they have because they feel to make them feel less special. Jesus said, what makes my kingdom special is I have it and you can have it too. Oh, I can be on TV and it can be on TV too. It can be on TV, see? Are you getting that? You might not have the FM, but it can be smooth. And keep cool as you get your mainland. (laughs) Your rhythm on the mainland. Are you getting this? Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. Nobody should break my record of walking on water. Oh, come on now. Now only if you do them. You are mortal man. I am son of man. In fact, the reason he calls himself son of man is so that you know that whatever he did, he did as a man. That was what he was trying to show us there. Service so you. He didn't say, shut up. Go and do your 21 day fasting. You didn't do January fast. No wonder your January is slow. When you finish, then I will show you three tips for walking on water. Are you following what I'm trying to teach you? That sometimes we turn everything to an online program. When it's just supposed to be an inline faith operation. Yes. He say, eh, I will show you the secrets. There's one Orioke. He didn't attach it to his praying all night. Praying on the mountain. He said, walk. Look at him and say, take action. See this version of you needs to take action for the next version of you to take action for the next version of you to take action for the next version of you. He said, He has put, give us Hebrews chapter 2 media, Hebrews 2, verse 6 now. He said, Beat me, come, beat me, come. Verse 6. Beat me come. It said one, remarkably, the angel, one of the angels testifying in a certain place saying, 
What is man that you're mindful of him? A son of man that you take care of him. Give us verse 7. You have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with crown and glory, with glory and honor, and set him over the works of your hands. And look at verse 7. Verse 8, sorry, thank you. You have put all things in subjection under his, under his, under his, under his. Even the storm under my faith. How do you know what has been subjected if you don't move your feet? Ah, yeah. is somebody hearing this? Is somebody hearing this? In Ephesians 1, it said he has put principalities, powers, and all the works of the enemy under his feet. Why? Your feet are the lowest part of you. Yeah. God is saying, after I created everything, all my works, everything, I put everything under your foot. In other words, you are more important to me than any other thing I've done. Do you know what that means? It means, John, and I love the passion you trenched on this boy and was watching online. It means, John, that in the absence of money, you are a greater factor to consider. The greatest factor in any kingdom project is not, is there money or are there people? Is, has God spoken and am I willing? Why? The things you're saying, I don't have this, I don't have this, I don't have this. It's like you are, have put them in subjection under your feet. Once you step out, the sea will behave itself. Yes. Yes. The sea goes, I'm under subjection. Yes, sir. I'm not issue, boy. You can tell me more. Said, under his feet. Under, under, under. Give me John chapter 1 where it says, as many as believed him and received him, he gave it the power to become sons of God. He's put everything under your feet. So, Peter, what makes me the son of God, what makes you just the son of God is the word of God, it's born of God. Yes. Son of God is born of the seed of God. Seed of God is the word of God. So what will make Peter function just like the word of God or the son of God is to believe in the word. So that's why Peter didn't just jump on the water and start walking. He said, if it's you, tell me to come. That come was the seed of the word. So what Jesus was walking on, what, what Peter was walking on, was walking under authority, above authority. Under the authority of the word, but above the authority of what was created by the word. Yes. Wow. Glory! But as many as received him, to them he gave the... He gave the, right. he gave the, right. this word right is different from ability. Yes. What, when many of us are stalling and we don't take action, is because we perceive we don't have the ability. But God has never released with you based on ability as the primary thing. Because you need his ability to do what he wants you to do. So what he gives you is not just your potential and gifts. He gives you the right to engage his ability. Ability. 
So why doesn't it demonstrate the ability before the storm or the assignment? Because there is a faith factor that pleases him. And faith is what happens when without ability, I know I have rights. And I move because I have the rights. What happens once I move is that my ability that shows up or the people who have been enabled will begin to gravitate towards me. Say, I hear you're doing something I want to support. Have you thought about this? Maybe we should do this. He walks and what? He giveth the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. Are you getting this now? Final, I think this is final. I'm going to read 2 Timothy chapter 1 from verse 5. Come! Somebody say, I'm coming. Sunday say, I'm coming. Kingsley say, I'm coming. I can't hear you. Shout it louder. See this. When I call mainland, shout, we are coming! Online people shout, we are coming! When I call to remembrance the genuine faith, the authentic faith that is in you, which dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, the faith that's been passed, your grandmother Lois passed it to your mother Eunice, that faith is not by their genes, oh. They taught them. They communicated that, right? It said training, exactly. Training is the way you get the train in. Grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Verse 6 now. You see this. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through what? Laying on of hands. That means God's gifts can be in you and life makes you forget. Some of you, your current version of you is a far cry from your university version. The university version, you did great things, exploits, you were on the move, laid hands on the sick, they recovered, you did prayer meetings for three hours, the spirit of God was moving so massively, but now you become a pew warmer and a bench user. But that spirit is broken in the name of Jesus. You forgot. Says a man looks into the world and does not take action like a man who looks into the mirror and forgets what it looks like. In other words, it does not make adjustments based on the revelation he's received or the reflection that the mirror has projected to him. Some of you used to be very sweet and loving and kind and warm, but now you become guarded because somebody broke you out or disappointed you. So now you're like, I will never allow anybody to come close to the so Paul said, I'm reminding you. You know the reason we come to the house of God? One of the reasons. Sometimes it's not even because you're about to hear something fresh. It's, about, it's because you're about to go through a refresh. So anytime you're tempted in your life to say, I've heard that before. Ask yourself, why is God allowing me to hear it again? Maybe there's something I've not paid attention to. Maybe I've heard it, but I've not incubated long enough I said something in the course of the week I said sometimes you're not missing anything sometimes you're not doing anything wrong you haven't just done the right thing long enough (laughs) 
so you feel something is out of place no something is in place but that's why there's something called money after pill which you should not use if you're single amen because that seed can be in the right place but if it does not stay there long enough you don't go bump again are you there it needs to remain. It said that my word may dwell in you and abide. Another word for abide is to remain and take residence. For you to create accommodation for it long after the act of insemination has taken place. Because listen, the woman who is going to deliver the baby will carry the seed long after the ecstasy and excitement of sexual intercourse has happened. So a message of prophecy can give you the stimulation. Hey, 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 Jesus, Jesus, thank you for the seed. But when the hormones of the woman begins to change, her body begins to change, and she has a breakout or a rash or a blemish or stretch mark or whatever that comes with some pregnancies, she doesn't say, ah, I don't like pregnancy, let me remove the seed. Your ability to hold on to it and to work with it long after the excitement of the moment is what guarantees your fruitfulness. So he speaks about the gift. He says, stir. Somebody says, stir up. Say, stir up. And he goes to this popular verse, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of. Somebody say, power, love, sound mind. Say now. Say power, love, sound my say now. Hey, hey, love, sound. What do you have? What do you have? Say now. High five somebody. Love, power, 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 power. I didn't say clap, but if you want to clap, clap well. God has, number one, has given us the right. Yes. Right means I have the proper license to use it. Yes. Yes. Come on now. Yes. Some of you, when you were teenagers, you took your dad's car without his permission. So even though you had the car, you were still afraid in the car. But when the father says you can drive it, then you have a license to show for it. Why are you nervous to put your leg on the accelerator, turn on the ignition, and say, let's go now. I'm not Dwayne Johnson, but I rock. And it's about to get fast and furious. Put your leg on the accelerator. Press down. Shaking together. Run over into your destiny. Run over into God's purpose. Run over. Say, I have power. Love. Send my hey now. Hey. 
you say now? Do you have it now? So you don't just have the license. You have the car. The car has fuel. Oh. Listen, when you have that opportunity that you feel you're not prepared for, remember that you are spirit. Spirits don't need too much preparation. They just need access. Does the spirit say, oh, we want to possess this person. I want to possess this person. Let me gym. Let me gym small. It'd be like saying, my muscle don't big now. Let's go and possess. They just need access. Break the head, the serpent will bite. So when you have the spirit of boldness, preparation that David need to kill Goliath. So let me go and think about it. I need to check out the momentum and the velocity of the stone. Check out my projectile accuracy. Destiny is too sensitive for self-sponsored delay. Said the king's matter requires urgency said he has given you so the spirit of power is a spirit you don't have to feel it spiritual realities are not about, about your feelings your feelings will catch up later somebody say i can do it paul said i can do all things through christ who strengthens me he was talking about bearing up against the pressure of persecution in the prison that i can still stand with god no matter what happens to me what happens in my life so Peter said, tell me to come. And see, the winds were still there. I would have imagined that Jesus would be like, oh yeah, storm, be still. But look at this, John. I think this word is really for you this morning. When God wants to show your pepe pepe, he allows your pepe to be showing itself. Then he shows you as pepe on top of the pepe. See, if Peter had walked on a calm sea, the devil would have had bragging rights to say, at least my contrary wind was not there. Ojoro cancel. But the storm was there. And God didn't steal the storm. He empowered Peter to step on the storm. If you give me a quadratic equation, maybe 6x plus y bracket minus 13 plus x equals 52. Solve for x where y is 2. I saw you guys won't be impressed, right? Will you be impressed? No, some of you will be because maths showed you Pepe. Most of you will not be impressed. But if I brought Ronel five years and I give him that equation, will you guys be impressed? Yeah. Why? Not because the answer is, sorry, the equation is less difficult, but because in your perception, he's a small boy of less ability and he solved it. This is the reason God allows life's equations that look bigger than you to show up so that he can show them that you can solve it. He doesn't give you linear equations sometimes. He gives you quadratic equations sometimes where you are prepared for two plus two, but it puts an X in the middle of it. And when it puts an X, I know sometimes it's not exciting to cite your X. 
but God will put an X. It looks like they're about to cancel you, but God will be like, you will cancel what they want to cancel, what used to cancel you. You will cancel what they want to use to cancel you. You will neutralize what looks like it's going to neutralize you. You will defeat what looks like it's going to defeat you. Take action! You know, the teacher in me today wanted to give you three or four steps taking action, but God said, don't give them any steps. The step is step out. Action is action. You've now been writing notes about taking... No, don't write notes. Action is... Action! Storms everywhere. But I'm stepping on the water. I'm stepping on the offer. I'm stepping on the opportunities. Some of you are, you've been so scared of making mistakes that you don't realize that being scared of making mistakes is a mistake in itself. And it's better for you to make mistakes faster so that you don't miss your sticks. And to show us that God is not ashamed, don't forget Hebrews to call us brothers. So you know what? Peter's there walking on water. Jesus was walking on water. The picture, be careful of pictures you say. The pic, no, go back. And uh, don't walk fast now. Hey, phone, I like back, I phone. Step in. You gotta step with style. If you're walking on water, you know, there's a part of it that will be apprehensive, but there's a part of it that's good tiptoe. Don't rush through your stepping process. <sighs> he that believes will not make haste. See, there's a place I'm trying to get this house to get to where I am. I'm sincerely in a place in my life where it does not matter what happens. I know it's a work for my good. It's not, it's not something I'm trying to believe. I want to be, because it frees you to leave. It frees you to leave. Do you get it? Not to be careless. But once you know that the judge of the universe has got your back, who can bring an accusation against the Lord's elect? It is him that justifies. It's God that justifies. So he begins to walk on water. As long as his eyes were faced on Jesus, focused on Jesus. Somebody say, fix your face. Say, fix your focus. But at some point, the Bible says that when Peter saw the wind, give us the text, when Peter saw the wind, I told you before that we are spirit, right? And we see winds. Or rather, we are winds. When he saw the wind, you know what it means? At the beginning of your assignment, people will not even know what you're doing. So what are you even doing? It's invisible to them. But like wind, in this way, contrary wind, if it keeps blowing long enough, yes. they will see the wind you are. Yes, 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 sir. Yes, sir. Consistency helps them catch up with you. Yes, sir. Yes. Hey. So the wind, he says, let me see. The moment he saw the wind, and it was boisterous, he was afraid. Now, being afraid is that humus being or spirit being? Human being or spirit being? What's humus being? Humus being is being like humus. What does humus do? Sinks. So my focus affects my state. My state influences my experiences. That's the reason when you allow yourself to be depressed, the more reasons you have to be depressed. Once you allow worry, you get worried that you are worried. 
Once you say, I don't have, you not you don't have. I'm sick. Sickness will be like, oh, welcome. There are more of us. Would you like some cholera? Some gonorrhea? Tell gonorrhea, you know if you go this area. Go no area gonorrhea. we don't do anything that will allow gonorrhea go near your area even if your area okay I've told you in areas be careful with your area <laughs> so he saw that and he started sinking but then he said he cried out saying what Lord, save me. So he moves again from humus being to spirit being because it takes the spirit for you to know that another man is actually your Lord. And the moment he does that, verse 31, let's close verse 31. The moment he does that, and what? And what? And who did the stretching? I didn't do the stretching. Some of, us, some of us think that when I make a mistake, I now have to be the one to convince God I'm not a bad child. God, let me fast for 30 days so that you know that I'm not a bad child. If you do the side to fast for 30 days, it's not to convince God. It's to remind your flesh that it's not in control. That you're the boss under God. You're not fasting so that they will produce more blood of Jesus. That will be enough to cover your sins. By the way, the blood just never covers your sins again. It removes it. You get that now. Stretched out his hand and and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Verse 32. Verse 32. And when they got into the boat, you see, God was trying to prove a point. The wind did not cease before they got into the boat. In other words, they walked through the storm. Can I propose something to you? There's a huge probability, huge, that the disciples did not see Peter sinking. You know why I know? Because they got into the boat and nobody said, ah, 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 oh, Danny Peter, we told you. The focus was on what? On dancing. The focus was on the Lord. What did they say verse 33? Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him saying So what was the point of this whole experience? That the worship of God, the praise of God, the glory of God who made magnus made magnified or put on full display. Peter's reaching was not about Peter's glory. Your spreading is about the glory of God. Your increase for the glory of God. Your success is for the glory of God. Your fame, your popularity, your joy, your job, your family, your house, it is for the glory of God. Let's raise our hands to God. Don't glorify your mistakes, glorify your God. Don't glorify shame, glorify your God. Don't glorify failure, glorify your God. Don't glorify any of those things. 
Father, we give you glory this morning. We honor and adore you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Say, I am free from the spirit of fear. Say, I am free from the spirit of fear. I have the spirit of love. I have the spirit of power. I have the spirit of a sound mind. I wanted to open your mouth and declare that. Do you know intimidated? The root word intimidated is timid. Yeah. Intimidated is that someone has put timidity into you. Or you have put into yourself. That's what shuts your mouth. That's what freezes your feet. Have you ever felt so scared you were frozen? Yeah. You had things to say but you couldn't move your mouth. In one minute deal with that spirit right now. And any manifestation in your life. Any manifestation in your life deal with it 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 Zoga doverege bazu manibras katatu virede kija brosudei radiga tenakia zublati na hush palati rotu zei radiz galato avrede mitigalas nobelanto nigazato avrede keteria zula batash vene go rakia zira brati na katada na kabai lazuze go shinadai Fear you have no room, no space in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives, in our homes. You have no room and no space. Say, I am bold. I take action. I step out. I walk on water. I remain focused on Jesus. To the glory of his name. Clap those hands and celebrate him. Thank you, Father. Jesus' name we've prayed. Please be seated. I wanted to please do this. Take one bold action every day. Because what happens many times is that we have all these nice messages. We have all the quotes that LNT beautifully captures for us. And then we just post them. Take one bold action. Some of you write those things down. Walk with us. For some of you, could be something as simple as, by the way, let's celebrate glory. I noticed you've been posting online, right? I told you. Then I tell you, it was like two months ago. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. So like when Pidams preached in the warfare series, and he preached about like how media is so critical in warfare. So the thing really hits me. And then I had a conversation with Pidams, and then he gave me like a few tips. And he was just like, you, you can't just basically share yourself like things you've learned. Whatever it is, just share it. So I, was, I promised him, and I told him, okay, I'm going to do something. And immediately I made that promise. I went home, I created a post, I posted that week. But then, because I had committed to posting every week and then like the word of God had given me perspective, honestly, I have a note on my phone and ideas just keep on coming. The more I post, the more the ideas keep on coming. And yeah, the response, honestly, I just used to think, ah, okay, well, nobody will answer me, but apparently people are interested, so yeah. Take action. <laughs> Not just interested, some of your posts have over 100 likes in just the last couple of days. Now, if they have over 100 likes, about 300 people read them or saw them. Take action. Action is there, take it. What's the worst that happened? You try to sink. You cry, God, God, catch me. He will catch you. 
You know what some other people do? Eh, I told you, you don't know. You want to chill the most high. You're now singing, see yourself, die there, you die there. Just is not like that. A flickering lamp is not going to blow out. A bruised reed is not going to break. He will always build, he will always lift. Spirit of fear is never from God. God is not vindictive, he's victorious. The generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this out.